Flash Black Radio is trying to approach health and well-being from a holistic point of view. So we're not just looking at it from the perspective of what you're consuming as far as your diet. We want to make sure that your finances are healthy. We want to make sure that your relationships are healthy. We want to make sure that you are healthy psychologically, physically, spiritually. If it affects the community, we need to talk about it. Finances, let's talk about it. Social issues of the day, let's talk about it. Relationships, let's talk about it. Career paths, how we can better ourselves, how we can better positions for our family, how we can make positions for our families. Let's talk about it. Let's stop beating around the bush and let's get in. Let's get active. Let's get involved. Your diet isn't just what you consume physically. It's what you consume mentally, the conversations you participate in, what you watch on TV, what you listen to on the radio. All of this is a part of your diet and all of this has an impact on your health and your well-being. Flash Black is a new perspective for a multicolored collective. You are now listening to Flash Black. You are now listening to Flash Black Radio. Hello, beautiful people. This is FlashBlackRadio.com. I am DaVinci Parks, a.k.a. Lee Bennett III. And with me, I have a very, very special guest. Uh, I have a good friend of mine slash uh, all-around good dude. Uh, his name is Pete Baycoat, and he is an EA. So I wanted to have this conversation uh, with regard to financial health and wellness, this is an ongoing conversation. Uh, if you've checked any of the other podcasts that I've released thus far on financial health and wellness, this is a continuation of that. So again, this is Culture Shock on Flash Black Radio. I am DaVinci Parks, a.k.a. Lee Bennett III. And with me, Mr. P. Baitcoat, who is an EA. So very Correct. quickly, uh, for our audience, could you break down what an EA is and also the difference between an EA and say CPA, because I think people are kind of familiar with the terminology sure. CPA. Um, CPA is the, like the nomenclature that people use for the profession. They kind of attach accountant and CPAs, though there is a huge difference. There's a lot of different delineations of certified financial accountant, certified managerial accountant. CPA is the most popular. And what a CPA uh, really is, is an accountant who can practice with publicly held companies. So whether it be, um, directly in the company or audit those financial statements given by those companies. A lot of times, oftentimes, you'll have companies that require CPA because they know there's been a standardized test put in place, so they're comfortable with your credentials. But an EA is also someone who can work in front of the IRS. So you've been vetted on tax codes, tax laws, ethics, um, and then the rules and regulations of the IRS. Mm -hmm. So it's also a pretty strenuous test to make sure you know what you're doing when you're going to represent people and when you stand and practice in front of the IRS. Okay. All right. So very quickly, how long have you been in EA? I've been in EA since 2002. Okay. So, so you've been doing this for a little while now. Yeah. I've been doing taxes since 96, came out of school in 95. Mm -hmm. So it's... um. Been a progression of things, but I've been definitely dealing with the IRS as well as individuals for quite a long time, over 20 years. Okay. All right. Uh, so I wanted to have this conversation because I believe that one of the ways that we as a community and we being people of color, mm -hmm. be it black, Hispanic, whatever, I believe one of the ways that we can strengthen ourselves as individuals is to strengthen ourselves collectively and vice versa. And one of the ways you do that 
is by talking about things that we don't traditionally talk about, which Correct. is finances mm-hmm. and you know budgeting and things of that nature. Yep. So I want to have this conversation because it wasn't too long ago myself, and I'm I'm just going to be honest with you. I I was part of the the <laughs> Turbo Tax, uh, <laughs> the, the Do It Yourself crew. Hey, 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 here's the thing, man. Okay, so look, I I actually did for a while go to an a a, a, a tax guy. Mm-hmm. He, he was a relative, and he's been doing it for a very long time. He's very mm-hmm. good at what he does, but at the same time, I just felt like I wasn't satisfied okay. with my return. Mm-hmm. And this, this for me at the at the time that I was getting these returns, uh, my my set my my earnings, my income was a lot leaner than it sure, is now. Sure. So at that time, I was kind of depending upon my tax return a little bit right. more. And that's really that that's also another conversation because we should not be like you know Correct. depending on these big uh, returns because in essence we're or allowing the government to basically use our our tax dollars right. and, and they'll pay us back on the back end when we should be we could use those those dollars if you're disciplined enough absolutely exactly right but it's funny you say that because there's groups there's several different groups when I deal with my clients there's a groups that for instance a college kid that worked. A half a job during the school year and has to file their taxes to get their money back. I tell them all the time, go use TurboTax. Go use Tax Cut or whatever. Go online and file it because I'm not going to be able to do anything better than you can do. Mm-hmm. I can't help them out. Um, then you have the working, as the, the government claimed, the working poor, people who make under a certain amount of money, but they work full time. They normally get earned income credit. And those are the people you're talking about that wait to get this money because they know that they paid in perhaps... Four to five hundred dollars in federal taxes, but are getting a check back for six and seven thousand mm-hmm. dollars based on the amount of kids they have and amount of income they make. Mm-hmm. So therefore, they're rushing. They're normally my first group of clients that come through the door January one. They're like, I got my last pay stubs. Let's go. <laughs> you know, because they're getting back more than they paid in. Right. Um, but as you start progressing and making more income and having children, and you have assets like a house and investments, and you want to start dealing with a professional um, and somebody that can, that can walk you through this process because. It shouldn't be a, I hope I get. Mm-hmm. It should almost be, you know what's going on. And, and it's weird because I tell people all the time, when you have, I, I'll go sit with a client, somebody said, guess what happened to me this year? And I go, now you're telling me at time to do your taxes, what happened? We should have had this conversation when it happened. Before, right. Because I could have told you to do X amount. And we could have done Y. Perfect example, a lot of people uh, take money out of their 401k for a, a hardship. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to pay that back plus 10%, right? The 10% penalty done at tax time. They normally take 20% out here. And then you've taken money away from yourself to to build your asset, to build your retirement. Mm-hmm. Why not borrow against your 401k? It's non-taxable. Mm-hmm. You pay yourself back. So you're putting that money back into your retirement fund vehicle. Okay. So so let, let, let's, let's stop right there. Okay. Because I know people who've had to pull out from their 401k. How do you borrow against your 401k? Most 401ks, you can borrow um, a certain amount of money from your 401k. Maybe it's 60%, 50%. And it's a loan that they'll take out of your paycheck on a per paycheck basis. So mm-hmm. that if your payment is $100 a month, they'll take $50 a paycheck out until it's paid back. Mm-hmm. Therefore, like I said, it's not it's not taxable because it's not income. It's a loan. Mm-hmm. And you're putting money back into your 401k, whereas the only way you can put money back into your 401k when you take it out of hardship mm-hmm. is you have 30 days to put that money back. Mm-hmm. If you don't do it in 30 days, you're just going to be short on your 401k. Okay. So, you know, you're losing out and you're losing the compounding effect of that investment. Right. 
Um, so a lot of people don't know that, so they take it out. Okay, and so they, and they kill themselves. So in terms of borrowing against your four hundred one k, do you you contact? I'm sure, if, like if you're with say a, a Liberty Mutual or whoever else, whoever whoever your plan whoever your plan is with, mm-hmm. you would you would reach out to them and you would tell them that hey, this is what I would like to borrow my. Then they would tell you how you much you can. You don't even have to tell them what you want to borrow for. They can just say I want to borrow against my four hundred one k, and they'll tell you what's available for you to borrow. Right, against. that's what I was saying. I, I mm-hmm. both, yeah, probably would not. Be, yeah. <laughs> You don't need to get them involved. Don't give people more information than they need in that right. situation. Right. Keep it simple. Right. Right. Okay. That that's very that that's one thing I did not know you could do. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Okay. Yeah, so. I, I, they're they're somebody I know who actually not too long ago went through a divorce and their spouse or their ex spouse mm-hmm. wanted to take money from their four hundred one k. So in that situation, could they have borrowed against their four hundred one k as opposed to actually just, in a divorce? You can have that money moved over because it's a divorce decree mm-hmm. without penalty. Okay. Without penalty. So they rolled it over. You, you transfer that amount. The judge said, hey, you got to get 20000 out of your 401k to your spouse because that makes it balanced. That's mm-hmm. not a taxable event because you're sharing money based on your divorce decree. So no no penalty, no uh, no income okay. uh, event. All so, right. I have to talk to that person and see if that's what happened with them because yeah. uh, sometimes we don't know. We just... <laughs> Absolutely. And you get right. jammed up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So... Uh, but you touched on another topic I kind of want to cover as well. The, sure. the topic of... Should I get a refund or not? Mm-hmm. Right. I, I give speeches all over the country. You know, we're just in Atlanta uh, beginning of this month, and that people that was one of the questions. You know, we shouldn't be getting a refund anyway. That's giving the government tax free money, mm-hmm. and I agree. Mm-hmm. Anytime that you're getting a refund, that means you lent the government X amount of dollars for the entire 365 days plus whenever you did your taxes, mm-hmm. and they gave it back to you interest free. And they decided to give it back yeah, to you, like yeah. yeah, like this is what we'll, we'll, you know we'll what? decide we'll give back to you. <laughs> but um, I agree. If you took that money out, and if you were disciplined enough to take that extra three hundred dollars a month, and you invested that three hundred dollars a month mm-hmm. every year, your your money will grow so much faster. However, mm-hmm. some people don't have that kind of discipline. Mm-hmm. So if you tell me Pete say three hundred dollars a month, and I'm only able to save forty because I'm spending now, I'm buying more food, I'm going out more, and that is that is the conundrum. What happens is people tend to they tend to get a pay expenses. bump. Yeah, they adjust their their spending with their with how much they're making in addition to whatever they were making before. I post a lot of articles on our, our Facebook page, the Centaurus Group, um, and one of those I talk about how to make more money just off your increase, how to have more savings, not living off your job three percent job increase. Mm-hmm. It's human nature to live up to what you make, mm-hmm. no matter what. You know that's why t- they ask me about these athletes who make all this money. How do they go broke? Well, instead of having a twelve hundred dollar mortgage, they have a twelve thousand dollars a month mortgage. So their bills are higher. So the more money they have coming in goes out. Same thing holds true to this this concept that we're talking about. Instead of taking this money and just investing it into a, some any kind of vehicle that gives you some kind of return, people will live up to it. So is it better for you at the end of the day to break even, get no tax return, and have no savings? Mm-hmm. Or is it better for you to have this $3,600 or $4,000 or $2,500, whatever the case may be, and have the ability to either pay down debt, to acquire more assets, whatever the case may be. Right. But it has to be a plan. Right. So it can't be, I got $3,000 more, now we're going to the club. spend it. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> and I see, I'll be honest, and, and historically for me, I've honestly... You know, even now, like even though when I I have the understanding that we're we're discussing right now in terms mm-hmm. of, I still opt to to do it that way in terms of getting a return mm-hmm. because this is money. One, I'm not planning on it one way or the other. Right. I know that I'll get some type of return, but I don't know how much of a return I'm gonna get. Right. But I know that based upon how much I'm gonna get, 
there's a certain percentage that's going to go towards savings. Correct. There's a certain percentage that if there's any debt that I want to pay down, not that I carry a lot of debt, Mm -hmm. but if there's something I want to pay down, I can pay that down. Right. Right. Because I don't like owing people. I don't care who they are. I don't like owing people. Right. You know, so like for me, that just makes sense to -hmm. do. And like, you know, there's one of those things that I can do it and, you know, and sometimes I've I've used, um, there was one year that I used a, to make, um, Additional mortgage payments, like mm-hmm. pay that, pay, make pay extra principal down. payments. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, even with that, for instance, on a thirty-year mortgage, if you paid your mortgage every two weeks, mm-hmm. and then at tax season put an additional thousand dollars down, mm-hmm. you pay your mortgage off in twelve years faster. Mm-hmm. Twelve yeah. years faster, just by doing every two weeks. I mean, so it's little things like that. If you use your money correctly, you could. Sh- I mean, a mortgage normally ends up paying three times as much as what your house is worth. So yep. whatever you bought your house for, if you make every payment on time for 30 years, you're going to pay three times as much. Yep, typically. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, little thing like that, if you could use your money and save yourself 12 years, mm-hmm. that's huge. Well, I, I actually talked about that not too long ago, and I believe, in one of the um, financial health and wellness podcasts prior mm-hmm. to this one talking about uh how the average well i may not have but i know that the average mortgage lifespan is about 4.7 years it mm-hmm. might have i'm saying approximately so mm-hmm. and that meaning um you're either going to to acquire a new home or like basically purchase a home right or you're going to refinance right so a lot of people don't actually get into houses for the long haul mm-hmm. and they know that a 30-year mortgage most people aren't expecting to stay in any type of mortgage for 30 years but if you know I people mean, have gone to jail and come back <laughs> multiple times in that time frame but right you, uh, part of the retirement planning and when we sit and give retirement advice because we don't actually do the retirement plan but we give advice um, part of that is understanding what is your retirement strategy. The reason why these houses are set up that way, so when you're 30 years old or 27 years old and you buy your house, by 57 to 60, you have no more mortgage. Mm-hmm. So now in your lesser income, you need less money to survive because you don't have a $1,500 a month mortgage anymore. So now you have an additional capital every month back in your pocket that you don't have to spend for. Um, that's got to be kind of the plan. So on the flip side, when we do our retirement planning, our, our first question is, how much do you need a month? Or how much will you need moving forward? Because the cost of inflation, you know, bread is what it was 10 years ago. No, gas, nothing right. Nothing what it was, yeah. So the same thing holds true. In 20 years when you're ready to retire, things will be two to three times as much. So you saving what you think is good for now won't mm-hmm. be the same mm-hmm. in 20 to 30 years. What are you doing to take that into effect? How, what bills are you going to no longer have? What debt are you going to remove? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's big when we talk about retirement planning. So once we know that number on the back end, we can figure out how much you need to save on a monthly basis to back into that number. And there's also, for some, ironically, uh, there are some who, once they reach retirement age, actually wind up making more in retirement Absolutely. than they were making before they retired. So they're actually paying more in taxes. My pops is that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's also, it's such a weird thing how sometimes that can work out or whatever. It so. can. And what people understand too, social security payments are can be taxable mm-hmm. based on how much money you make from other revenue sources. One of the biggest things that hit that people don't take advantage of is that Roth IRA. Um, even 401ks now you can do it through Roth IRA. You just don't get the deduction as far as on the, on the paycheck is concerned, all your money is taxable. But mm-hmm. however, when you pull that money out... It's not taxable. Because so, you've already paid taxes on it. Correct. So now when you have your Social Security check, so say if you're getting $30,000 a year from a Roth IRA that is not taxable, that other 30000 or 25000 you're getting from your Social Security, 
is zero taxable as well. So by taking away that one taxable event on this side, you just made the other side non-taxable as well. So now you might have $60,000 of income, no tax liability. Hmm. Okay. All right. So uh, I, I wanted to switch gears just a little bit. There, sure. There's so much I want to I cover, and I, I, I can't hold you here forever, obviously. <laughs> so we'll, uh, I, I like to do this to my guests when we're midstream. I'm, okay. I'm going to obligate you to, to come back. All right. Absolutely. I have <laughs> you a know. problem with that. Yeah, yeah. So, but... Uh, one of the things I also want to address is there's also, so I told you I've, I've had like the tax professional where I didn't mm-hmm. know I was getting the services I wanted. Mm-hmm. I've done the TurboTax side. We'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also been the shady tax dude. Yep. Um, there, there's a shady tax dude. When I walked in his office, it's just, it was just, it was uncomfortable because basically uh, I walked in there and he was like, you know, okay, I'm not going to get into all that or whatever. Let's just say his shady offers I did not accept, mm-hmm. but I've heard other shady conversations where like people try to offer up, you know, people's SSN numbers. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know you. Why are you trying to like... <laughs> I, we, get a, we get a lot of cleanup from the shady uh, tax guys. And, and because whether you know it or not, the government has a system for the most part. They know what's going on. Most of the time, the reason why we even do taxes because they don't know your deductions. They know all of your income for the most part, unless you're self-employed. Um, so what happens is those deductions come back and bite you, especially when they look at it and say, "Hey, we we look have a chance to pick up some additional revenue from this individual. Mm-hmm. Let's find let's find out if it's real or not." I had a guy come to me who went to we'll call it the shady tax guy. Uh, said he had a car washing business. He brought in not a single dime of income and had seventy two thousand dollars of expenses. Mm-hmm. You got back ten thousand bucks. Mm-hmm. However, they're gonna come back and get that plus penalty plus failure. I mean, inaccuracy filing, which is like a five thousand dollar penalty mm-hmm. plus fraud plus you know they, they're gonna throw the book at this guy right. unless he self corrected. And I told him it's gonna cost you money to self correct it because they're gonna want a the money back mm-hmm. and then b if you owed money they're gonna want that portion back as well. Mm-hmm. And so he wanted to be a civil servant. I'm like, man, they come after you with this, you'll never be a civil servant. Right. So, I mean, so, that is a federal document, in, in case people don't understand. Yeah. That's yeah. a federal document. What What do we tell? Because uh, here's the thing. When you're, when, you're, when you're going to get your taxes done, because mm-hmm. a lot of people do want to do the, the, the cheapest way. Sure. So, if they can say, oh, I can just take two hours and sit on TurboTax.com. Mm-hmm. You know, and do it that way. I can do it that way. Or if I'm going to go into a tax guide, H and R Block or Speedy Tax Return or whatever. Sure. Um, like, now H and R Block is a more reputable uh, they, chain. They are. Right? But they're very. They're high end as far as fees are concerned. Because H and R Block charges you for every form that they fill out. So if if it's a mandatory form to fill out and it's three forms that go with it, you're getting charged for all three forms. You don't have a choice or not. Right. Um, I never liked that about it because my job is to do the best possible job for you, mm-hmm. not to see how many forms I can, I can get you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's funny, you talk about inexpensive, right, as far as trying to save money in tax preparation. Yeah, yeah, I was going to get there. Wait, just right? wait, just wait a second. I'm okay. going to get it because, yeah, we're going right. to get there. Uh, so, but what I want to, while we're still on this uh, shady tax, like, there are a lot of well-intentioned people who just don't know any better. Correct. And I was actually in that, that in that position. So how do how do we better discern if we're gonna go in and get our taxes done from somebody? What are red flags we should look for mm-hmm. as like people who just want to get our taxes done, hopefully get a decent return, 
We don't want a whole bunch of because we don't understand. A lot of us don't understand the documents we're signing in great Correct. detail outside of what we earn and what we're. What we're I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up because first and foremost, once you sign that document, you are responsible. for You that are document. exactly. That's the reason why I was saying I did not have anything to do with <laughs> shady dude. I mean, like, yeah, I didn't. I didn't have any. Worst like, case shady scenario, dudes. your tax repair can um, be responsible for any interest and penalties based on the filings that were sent in. Yeah, but you're agreeing. They just preparing it. You're agreeing that all the things are copacetic, which a lot of people do not understand. Absolutely, you're so, saying that I'm okay with this tax return. I'm sending it in. That's and why these things are accurate. Correct. So, I mean, the first thing is first. I think you should always ask questions of your professionals. Um, even just come in there just to start a rapport and have some kind of, you know, do some research. Like, listen, here's my situation. I understand this. Watch what their answers are. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell anybody, I never had a problem with questions. Mm-hmm. Because that means you don't understand. You want a better understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're sensitive about questions, mm-hmm. why did you do this? What does this mean? Or if they don't have time to answer your questions. you need That's a red flag. Okay. That's a red flag. That's, that's somebody who's either trying to hide something or doesn't know what they say they know. And uh, I'm worried about them finding out that they're not quite as experienced or ethical as led to believe. Okay. Um, that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is you should kind of summarize your own income. So if you have investment income, and I know some people like, I don't understand what these forms mean. I got a 1099R, I got a 1099B, I got this, that, and a third. Just look and see what the income say, just the income portions, right? Mm-hmm. And then make sure that income shows up in your taxes. Mm-hmm. Look at your, if you itemize, make sure the things that the person's claiming, your charitable contributions, your church donations, your job expenses, make sure those are, that you can provide facts for those if you get that love letter in the mail mm-hmm. that says, hey, we want to see that you have X. I'll give you a perfect example. I, I, we just signed a client who has a business and he let me look at the taxes because he had a question about something. The gentleman made $70,000 a year but had 55000 in charitable contributions. Mm, okay. Now... <laughs> so you mean to tell me you, you took gave away most all your money, yeah, to, to charitable contribution? Um, anything more than ten percent, the IRS red flags because mm-hmm. people tie ten percent, so they understand it's a possibility ten percent. But anything more than that, they kind of look at you sideways. This guy was over fifty percent, mm-hmm. so I told him, I said, "You're going to get a letter, whether you know it or not. It's coming. Might not be this year or next year. But they might wait four or five years to let that interest roll up and accrue." And then oh, wait a second. Wait a second. As you're saying that, what happened to that three-year window after three years? Are they, why, why are they able to audit past that three years? They can, it's, of course, they made the rules, so it's on their favor. So for mm-hmm. you, if you're going to get a refund, you only can go back three years. But they can go back six years for a filed return okay. to catch any error. So mm-hmm. the longer they wait, the longer that interest compounds because they compounded from the date it was due. So mm-hmm. um, you'll get jammed up. That way, and, and that hit you up with a lot of penalties. Interest, yeah, and that's and so what they did so to Red Fox and Willie Nelson. They just sat there, like, oh, okay, let and it grow, it, yeah, let it grow, yeah, 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 and then come get you all your stuff. Yeah, we do a lot of uh, tax remediation, we help clients get through a lot of those issues. Once again, they go somewhere else, somebody does their taxes, they get a love letter, the person says, I don't know nothing about that, mm-hmm. I, I don't do those, mm-hmm. um, and then they'll come to us. So, that's kind of another question I guess you can ask if I do get a letter from the IRS, will mm-hmm. you be able to help me? Oh, well, you can, you can, well, you already asked it. You can answer it. Right. Uh, I, th- I guess the question is yes. I mean, the answer is yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, if you should ask your tax preparer that, though. If you know, oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. If yeah. I get, if I, listen, I'm going with you, but if, say, I get a letter in the mail, do you handle that or is that additional fee? Because a gentleman I know uh, went somewhere else and got a le- got audited and they found it to be wrong from the, not from the information that was given to him, but mm-hmm. some information he embellished. And then he charged them $500 to fix it. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you made money on both sides. You knew it was wrong, knew this could potentially happen, mm-hmm. and you came back and then charged them to fix the issue that you created. Mm. Um, yeah, that's that's grimy. <laughs> on a whole, that's grimy. On a whole, another level. Yeah, I actually, I, I there was one time I got a, as you say, love letter from the IRS. This mm-hmm. is years ago. And it was like, it was like, cause I'm like, I paid my taxes. I had done everything I was supposed to do. Right. They're saying I didn't pay my taxes. Mm. I'm like, dude, you, you, you have the information. So I had to go mm-hmm. back and forth with them for like a couple months because it was IRS. I was mm-hmm. not playing any games. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as they sent me something, they were getting something back. Like, like, how do you need it? You know, and it's just like after a while they relented. Like, okay, contrary to popular belief, they do make mistakes. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Make a lot of them. Think about it, they're dealing with millions, millions and of millions people. of people. Yeah, so. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people see the IRS letter and send a check and just to get them off their back. And that's what we tell them. Don't do that. Yeah, nah. Nope. You, you might not even owe that. I mean, I, I had a lady in the line the other day and she was asking about something. I said, well, it's on the W-2. You should have a copy like I have a copy. Mm-hmm. She, oh, I didn't see this. It. It's on the second page. I didn't see that. Okay. Yeah. Don't worry about that. I appreciate your time. Have a good day. Mm-hmm. You know, and we went along our business. Um, it happens a lot. They make mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a human side of it. Somebody is humanly looking through this return. It might get flagging the system but it gets kicked out for review mm-hmm. and they make mistakes so right. yeah just don't give it up just because uh you got a, a nice love letter in the mail right so trekking forward um i had done turbo tax for a couple years mm-hmm. and and quite honestly um, i was not mad at the returns i got from turbo tax sure. um this was at a time where i was not married mm-hmm. um the situation in terms of assets and things like that are different than they are now. I'm sure. married now. Like uh, we have other considerations. Right. And I remember when I first came to you because it's like I I understand when you get to a certain point in your life because mm-hmm. it, it is cheaper to to go the TurboTax sure. route, but you also get what you pay for. No doubt. And that, that's actually one of the key reasons why I wanted to bring you on is because a lot of people don't want to pay a tax professional. They mm-hmm. want to do it themselves. And assume that because they're doing it themselves and this, the this software, software is, walks you through it. Right. Or they mm-hmm. go to speedy tax guy, whatever, who's cheaper than, say, other Correct. tax professionals. Mm-hmm. But if it's like fast or cheap or speedy, it's like fast food. You get what you pay for. <laughs> right. Right. So if you're going to get value like, might yeah, not be. <laughs> nutritional value is not the same. So if Correct. you're going to get fast food, you already have an understanding whether or not you're consciously thinking of it. Mm-hmm. You're not getting the same value. And if you were going to, you know, get this thing prepared Correct. at somebody who's going to take their time and cater it to you. I get that question a, a lot. And I, I, here's what I tell people. I said, listen, um, I consider myself an educated guy. I can read. I can follow directions. I can follow instructions. If you gave me a book on how to fix a roof, I could fix that roof. Now, when it rained, I couldn't be sure that it wouldn't leak because that's not what I do. I'm not a roof fixer. Mm-hmm. Right. Same premise applies that software is really built for the basic return it has a couple questions that can lead you and answer but you have to know what what they're looking for what the jargon is um like the home office deduction do you truly have a home office Mm -hmm. or do you have a true home office is it a dedicated space correct for that that that, that laptop on on the little desk in your kitchen does not count as a home office um that's a highly audible red flag Mm mm-hmm so if you have a basic situation, one house, an apartment, one dog, one one job, I mean Then that's the example you give us. Yeah. That's turbo tax. Yeah, turbo tax out. all day. Yeah, knock yourself out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would charge you eighty, they'll charge you thirty, knock yourself out. Mm-hmm. Um that's an easy return. But when you start getting more complicated, you don't want to have a misstep. Um those missteps, the the cost of those missteps will be far far outweigh a professional's fee. 
And plus, you have a professional who prepared your returns. Who do you go to and ask questions to when you have those uh, mistakes or questions about your, your TurboTax? Mm-hmm. You're going to call TurboTax and ask them. They're not going to answer those questions on how to prepare your returns because they can't legally give you that information because they don't know what your situation is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the difference between a, a, a solid prepare and, and not. You don't. My clients can call me year round if they have a situation going on. We can talk about it. We can have a strategy session. We can figure out what's in their best interest. TurboTax is, after that year is no good. Every tax software changes every year. So TurboTax is not going to tell you last year what you need to do for next year. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different advantages to having a, a tax professional, an accountant, being able to sit down with you and go over your stuff. Okay. Another thing that I wanted to stress for our listeners is uh, when you have a tax professional working on your behalf, um, one of the good things to keep in mind is you have access to that tax professional beyond just the time that they're actually preparing your tax return. Uh, we just sat down, we being my wife and, and I sat down with Pete yesterday mm-hmm. uh, re- regarding some of our tax questions and concerns. It's the end of the year is, is quickly approaching. Now, uh, there are things that we, we might have been able to do if we had had further discussions prior to whatever, mm-hmm. but, you know, schedules, you know, and so forth and so on. Uh, sometimes that happens, but the, the good thing is you want to talk to your tax professional about middle of the year. Correct. So after tax season has passed, you want to start strategizing for the next year. Yep. So you can start uh, positioning things if you need to Absolutely. in order to, to benefit yourself. So if you're making a lot of income, you're making more than you made last year, that could affect how much you're going to have to pay in taxes. So how much can you potentially offset that with charitable contributions? Mm-hmm. How much can you offset by maybe changing your deductions Correct. Um, uh, throughout the year? And yep. that's something I actually want to discuss with you. I forgot to talk to you about that yesterday. No problem. But um, I'm thinking I want to do some things differently with my deductions going yep. into the next year. So... um. These are things that you want to talk about with your tax professional because they want to help you maximize the amount of money you get in return. Correct. No matter how much, no matter how, how many things are, you know, you're juggling, you know, so you can have multiple properties, you can have, mm-hmm. uh, you can have educational expenses, yep. you can have business liabilities and expenses. There are all these things that can go into the pot and they want you to have the best return possible. Why? Because they want your return business. Correct. They want those referrals. So if you're satisfied, then you're going to tell somebody how awesome this tax person is. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, and we've done that for Pete. It was and, like, hey, Pete that, is really good. You know, you used to go to Pete. And that's how it works. That's how I actually got my start, you know, from doing stuff like that, doing my research and helping some people through some serious situations and they didn't know about. And they had a person before. And that person told two people who told four people and so on and so forth. Um but I do agree with you. I think the conversation, just like when you have a doctor, you have a checkup. Mm-hmm. We don't do financial checkups. Mm-hmm. I had one young man who just started working for Wendy's, and Wendy's offered a 401k. Mm, okay. And he said, you know, I have no idea what I'm doing with this 401k. Can you help me allocate my assets? So we looked at things, looked at performances, and reallocated assets. His 401k grew by 33% just because he reallocated his assets. Mm-hmm. I had clients that sold some properties, had some additional income. We came and met in September saying, okay, let's look at your check stub. Wow. If this projects out, you're going to owe $4,000. So there's a change that we need to make. We'll probably drop, knock that 4000 down to about 500 And then you have six, I mean, until April 15th to come up with that 500 mm-hmm. We knew what the situation was going in as opposed to Getting hit with hoping it. and praying at yeah. the end of the day. And then like, oh, I wasn't ready for that. I, right. I wasn't expecting that. Right. Um, that's key uh, because- 
you don't want to pay anything more than you than you have to. Then you get into payment arrangements and you end up paying way more than what you originally owed. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a game to me. It's, it's it's a situation of how can we use the current tax laws to better your situation, right? And 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 that's another reason why you want to have a tax professional because it's their their duty to do their due diligence to mm-hmm. follow up on what the tax law is because it does change and tax law is made to benefit those who understand tax law. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So like you know like here's the thing I. I, tax law can change by 9,000 pages easily from year to year. Bush came in and made four, 450 changes when he came in. Next year, he took over. Mm-hmm. 450 changes. Most of them only affected um, higher-end uh, individuals, mm-hmm. wealthy individuals. But there were about 100 or so that affected every, everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, So um, it's understanding what the government is trying to do, what they're trying to get out of it, how that's trying to um, affect the current taxes or the, uh, the economy. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, but the stimulus package, I think everyone got like 400 if you were single and 600 if you were head of household. That was one of the years where um, I told you um, I was working with a tax professional and my I did not actually get a, get uh, any part of that stimulus. I was very hurt by that. Wow. Because I could have used that. <laughs> <laughs> when I tell you my, my earnings were lean, <laughs> they were lean. Yeah, so I mean, I mean and it's crazy because... Even with that, there was a cutoff. Like what people don't understand, there's a lot of things that are cut off mm-hmm. based on your income mm-hmm. from student loans. Mm-hmm. Like the interest on in your student loans, after you make sixty five thousand above, you can't write off student loans. Mm-hmm. I had a client that is this after taxes or, or before taxes? No, nah, once you make sixty five thousand gross, mm-hmm. reported on your box one of your W two, mm-hmm. that student loan interest goes from reduced to zero. Okay, so if you're making sixty like if you got a, you made sixty two thousand, got a three percent raise. Mm-hmm. You might, you know, you might kill yourself just by you know lose twenty five hundred dollars deduction just because you got a raise. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to kind of know where your situation is and what what's lying. Like one client actually had most of his interest paid off in his house. And I told him, so why don't you just take off a, a home equity loan and pay off your student loans, and now you can write the interest off all the time through a Schedule A because now you make too much to get it on on this side. So you'll still be able to write your Write your pay- payments off through your interest in your home instead of your student loan, and you'll control the payments because now you can have access to control the time frame instead of being on their schedule. Mm-hmm. So he was able to do that, paid it off, still got the deduction, mm-hmm. and it worked out for him on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, that's where our strategy comes into play. Mm-hmm. What what is affecting you? What vehicles do you have that we can use? And let's put this plan in place. Right. And depending upon the size of the loans, you might be able to get like a, an interest rate that is comparable, if not lower, than maybe what the student loans exactly. are. Student loans have gone up a bit in terms of interest rate over the mm-hmm. years. So I think they're like some student loan, 6%? Man, you got these private ones that are out of control. Yeah, I've heard about those. <laughs> like you don't want to take those. No. Like they're designed to keep you indebted. So a, a funny thing, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not familiar with the term, what mortgage, uh, the root word of mortgage comes from, it means death it's a, pledge. Absolutely. It's, it's French, right? It's a mort, like, you know, mort, mortician, mortality. Mm-hmm. So it's like um, a mortgage is a death pledge. And the, the kind of inside joke behind that is the same principle uh, that they had when they first started doing uh, uh, Social Security retirement benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the 62 years old. Um, unfortunately, uh, the average lifespan of the American citizen at that time was 60 years. Correct. So it was not intended for most people to be able to <laughs> benefit Ever from, from uh, yeah, to be able to collect it. And then like the death pledge, I told you earlier in this uh, podcast, uh, the average um, 
uh, mortgage lasts about 4.7 years before you either sell or refinance or, or mm -hmm. buy, right? So 4.7 years, you're resetting the table and you're starting back over again and they front load all of the interest mm -hmm. and your loans. So you're paying the heavy part of your interest burden first throughout the year first. Mm -hmm. And it lightens as you go through. So once you get to the 21st year, if you're paying on schedule, that's when it starts to kind of flip, mm -hmm. not the 15th year. Right. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those things like, you know, how money works. Like when you start getting into learning these things yeah. or whatever, you start the light bulb started going like this is how the rich get rich and stay right. rich. And this is how people who don't understand or are not aware, this is how they wind up being kept where they are. So, again, yeah, you get yourself a tax professional, get yourself a good, uh, you know, get yourself a team. You know, you yes. want to have like, you know, uh, if you listen to Jennifer Hammond on uh XM Radio, she'll say, uh, you need yourself an A-team. She'll say, get yourself mm -hmm. a good realtor, get yourself a good this, that, and a third, because you want to have basic people in place to work on your behalf. Correct. So um, going back to this whole, and yeah, we're, we're, we're getting towards a good point. So uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to hold you up too much. I know you got places to be, people to see. It's all right. Um, uh, talk a little bit more about this whole this whole idea of what happens when people actually wind up owing. And some people I can imagine if they're they're owing, especially if they're not planning to owe, mm -hmm. it can be stressful for them. Especially Absolutely. if their 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 means are not as much as certain other people. Like, you know, sure. they they they're re requ not requiring, but depending upon these returns or mm -hmm. depending upon a break. Correct. Right. Um what kind of Solace are you able to provide in those moments when they're not, you know, what like you know, this is when the strategy and like, okay, this is what we do. So, like, can so you walk me through? Yeah, that absolutely. So, of course, you know, when we get to the, uh, let me take actually a step back, okay, um, and explaining something I never understood. Now, some people know they owe every year, mm -hmm. or it's going to be closed, or I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I never understood why they waited till April 10th to get their taxes done. Right. And, oh, and, and the thought process is, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. I yeah, don't like, deal well, with I it. know I owe, so I'll just wait to the last minute to pay. Well, you you can wait to pay, but they wait to get them prepared. Mm -hmm. If I know I'm going to owe, I want my tax done January 15th. Mm -hmm. Because now if I owe 3000 I got to January, February, March, April to come up with as much money as possible to get them off my back. Mm -hmm. So the more money you put down when you owe, the less money that you end up paying as we stretch these payments out. Mm -hmm. Um that, I never understood that concept. I mean, I understand why it's the hand, it's the the, the ostrich with his head in the sand type situation. Uh, even though I know they don't do that, but um, um <laughs> no, they don't. But no. it's, it's okay. But um, it's that situation that people kind of deal with it last second. I put it off and I'll put it off. Whereas on the flip side, if you're getting a refund, there's no rush. If you know you're getting a refund, I mean, other than that, they want their money. Mm -hmm. But um, every year I have to tell people if you don't, oh, you don't need to file an extension. Mm -hmm. If you're getting a refund, there's no need. You have two years to do these taxes, so don't think you have to get them in by this week. Mm -hmm. um, but I would always tell my people, if you owe, that you should be first. Mm -hmm. Get it done, figure out your number, and let's roll. Mm -hmm. Now, with that being said, once you get the bad news of, hey, you're going to owe $2,000 this year, you have a couple of options. The first option is pay it in full. Mm -hmm. um, you can take it out of your savings if you want. You can do whatever you want. If, you have, if you're liquid enough to pay it, then so be it. Pay it. Uh, most people aren't. Mm -hmm. The second option is have a payment arrangement. So how that works is based on how much you owe, we can spread it out over up to four to five years if need be. I suggest not because the longer you do, there's penalty and interest compounded daily. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about a total of maybe four to five percent compounded daily based on your number. Yeah, it gets yeah, ugly. Okay. Wow. And, and they charge you $110 
just to set the arrangement up. It's a one-time fee. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't have it, you don't have it. Right. And that's based on my clients who I think would not get, if we did the uh, financial workup, the IRS would still make them pay a certain amount. Now, I did have a client just recently owed for five years, since 2010 through 2015. Because of her income was so low, I was able to get that whole amount put on hold, mm-hmm. $20,000. So she owes it, but they're not going to collect. Mm-hmm. They're not going to garnish anything. They're not going to call the banks. They're not going to levy. They're not going to flag her account. They just know that she can't afford to pay that money back ever. And um, maintain, be able to survive and do Correct. Because they want you to live. Because if you don't survive, they don't make any money off of you. Right. So they want you to survive. That is pimping 101. What? <laughs> Keep, oh, we don't keep it want, working. Yeah, yeah. We got to keep you working, baby. Yeah. Just get on that track and make me that money. <laughs> exactly. I don't wow. want to hurt you too bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we were able to get that put on hold. So what that means is if she ever gets a refund, they're going to eat her refund, which is fine because it's not money, like you said, that you should count on. Mm-hmm. Um, if she ever sells her house, which she doesn't have to, they'll get a portion of it then. Mm-hmm. But they only have 10 years to collect. Mm-hmm. So after 10 years, so for 2010... 2020, that one's going to fall off. In 2011, mm-hmm. 2021, that one's going to fall off. Mm-hmm. Um, the, but people don't know the IRS only has 10 years to collect once they've notified you about an outstanding bill. Mm-hmm. So we can also do what they call an offer and compromise. Mm-hmm. So a situation, I have something similar, client owed 38000 got it, same situation, the IRS won't collect, won't garnish their wages, but we're to the point where we're going to offer them $5,000. This is what I can do. This is what I, I, right now you know that I can't pay you this thirty-eight. Mm-hmm. However. Um, I'm willing to quote unquote borrow money from a relative and pay you this five thousand mm-hmm. dollars to be done with it one time. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to accept that? Now, of course, from their standpoint, we're, we've already accepted that we're going to get nothing from you, mm-hmm. right? Because from a tax repair standpoint, I'll make sure that client never gets a refund again, mm-hmm. right? We're going to change the deductions in their paycheck so that either they break even or owe just a little bit, mm-hmm. but they'll never have to worry about getting a refund again. Mm-hmm. Because that's going to Uncle Sam. Okay, so let me let me let me let me let me ask you this: mm-hmm. what what do we make of these these companies that offer to uh, save you from IRS wages, wage garnish, and stuff like that? Like you know, they're going to consolidate your debts, and because I hear these all commercials the all the time, and yet they have to have more than ten thousand, right? If you have yeah, 10, you have 000. more than ten thousand dollars in debt, and you know, you know that the IRS has just come out with this program, which is, I don't know why they do it. It's like it's like, come on, man, really? They like, nah. just they just came out with this program nah. Like, nah. again, like another it's, week. It's, it's things that have been in place all the time, right? Um, and what, what they're doing is exactly what I'm talking about. They're going to evaluate your marginal income. Right, so if your marginal income says that you don't have enough at the end of the day to pay that bill, they're going to go negotiate this price out for you. And what they do is they charge you anywhere from three thousand to five thousand dollars to negotiate this down to a thousand bucks. So we normally do it. A, we we do ten percent of what we save you, my company. Um, mm-hmm. But they'll do like three thousand bucks to save you seven thousand. Mm-hmm. People are like, okay, I'll do that. You know. I'm still making out 50% better than I would. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it done, and they hit you hit your account every month for like $1,500 for three or four months. Um, it's, it's pretty... Uh, Savage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to be nice about it. But <laughs> no, yeah. man. I just, like, it's just like, like here's the thing. You, you know, like, you know, it's not a game when you hear these commercials, like, 
played ad nauseum just like mm-hmm. all the time you hear yep. like yeah you like ten thousand dollars got to be this like they're, they're targeting people yes you know when yes. it's like an aggressive target you know that there's mm-hmm. money being made oh yeah you know it's just like you know there's a few years ago before the bubble pop man all these like yeah flip houses and blah 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 mm-hmm. you know you know is there's money being made a now, lot of money on. everybody can't be making money flipping houses you only got so many houses you can flip Successfully, and see the thing about it—the reason why they're saying ten thousand because from the guy who's preparing and doing the work, it's got to be skinny. In their mind, yeah, in their mind, it's not really worth it for me to save somebody two thousand bucks. Now, to me, that's kind of selfish because if you're in trouble, two thousand bucks is a lot of money. Yeah, especially if you ain't got it. No doubt, if you don't have it's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what happens. So they want it more than ten thousand, so they can make their little cut off of it and be worthwhile. Um, they're gonna do the same thing that any any good accountant should be able to do for you, as far as Look at where your money's being spent versus where your money's coming in. See how much you truly have left to pay the IRS. Because once again, they allow you to have a life. Mm-hmm. But then they want to see after that, how much can you give me? Mm-hmm. Um, and if done properly, you should have to give them much. You can negotiate that price down. Something to them, is, something now is better than nothing down the line. Okay. So it's about how you do it. Yeah, th- those people are out to get that money, though. That's for sure. Okay. I mean, those commercials cost money. That's about $25,000, $30,000 commercial you're seeing. So you know they have to be making some kind of bread to be willing to put that out there. Right. Right. Okay. So what we're going to do, man, we're going to go ahead and wrap this conversation up. I feel like right. we got a lot of good information out of this interview. Hopefully this has uh, been uh, edifying for those who are listening. It has been for me. Um, again, this is Da Vinci Parks, a.k.a. Lee third, reporting for FlashBlackRadio.com on Culture Shock. I have with me Mr. Pete Baycoat. Pete, before you head out, yes, sir. Did you have any type of social media, any type of Absolutely. websites? Like, um, hit them up, let them know. Uh, Centaurus Group is S E N T A R U S Group.com. Same thing for Facebook, Centaurus Group, Twitter, Centaurus Group. Um, we put a lot of information out for people. What's going on? We're about to start our own video, uh, 60 Seconds with the Centaurus Group. Just kind of going over different things and t- different topics that affect our clients. So please uh, see if that helps you out. Ask us any questions. We'd love to answer your questions. And Ali, I appreciate you having us out here. Yeah, by all means, man. I just uh, you want to see people doing good work, man. You want to put it out there. You want to put people in a position to help themselves, better themselves, and uh, that's what this uh, movement is about. So I appreciate you uh, coming through. Also, just very quickly, I just wanted to see if is it possible that we can perhaps around tax time. So mm-hmm. that's a that's a window. Sure. Get you back out here because people are probably going to have questions or whatever. Yeah. So I am here. Um, I do have several clients in the area, uh, companies as well as individuals. So we can definitely make it a time where I come back, um, sit down probably late February, early March. Uh, that's normally right around to get a little hectic. That'd be a good time. Okay. That'd be a great time. Sounds good. So until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Please stay blessed at all things. This again is DaVinci Parks, a.k.a. Lee Bennett III for FlashBlackRadio.com. Peace.